It is Tuesday, July 26, 2022. This is another edition of Baseball Today presented to you by a good friends right here at Shady Rays. Not only the best looking shades in the entire business, but when you lose them or you break them, they will replace them. That is my man, Trevor Plouffe. I am Chris Rose, joined by producer Dan and intern Alden as well. Did you end up watching the first game of a floorball tournament with the 2,200 live streamers yesterday? It's incredible how good this series looks. Yeah. I could not believe it. Yeah. And Jimmy said something like uh, amateur in tone, but professional in production or something like that. And that's, he hit it exactly, yep. exactly how it is, man. And you help that out a lot, Chris. I think a lot of people point that out. Like having your voice on there really makes it feel official and like it's a, a real thing. And it is a real thing. Like there's some emotion. Oh, it, this is the first game. Just wait until, you know, the yeah, end of the tournament. You saw it. My goodness. This game was crazy. It was really fun and obviously a storyline that everybody followed. And if you haven't, go to our warehouse games uh, anywhere on social media. Watch it. It's the fastest, like, 35 minutes you'll have. It's really fun. It's enjoyable. It's amazing what our production crew turned that warehouse into. I couldn't imagine. I, when I looked at the, at the rink the first time, I was like, holy shit, I cannot believe this. And then yesterday, one of the storylines was that my 16-year-old son, Brady, had a yes. chance to play and show his amazing floorball skills, including oh. a goal, right? Yeah, and his, you know what? Oh, Danny wanted to play it sound full. I guess we can. Let's do it. Off by Kraus. Kraus against the boards. Offered himself over to Tasky, who's not up to Tasky. Sends it back to O'Brien, who's now playing defense. Oh, poked away nicely by Bowens. Bowens in the corner, swings the front. Rose, did he get it in? Did he get it in? Is it in? What happened? I'm trying to look right now to see what happened. What happened? Dad Cam. That's a goal from my son. Did he score? Oh, he made me so proud. What an awesome job. There you go. That was it. Oh, my gosh. Big moment, big moment in the Rose house. Proud Papa, proud Papa. I love that. Brady's a great kid. He was Good trash kid. talking me the entire tournament. Just That's like awesome. all these young kids. Why am I the target for the young kids trash talking? Because they all want to be like you. They is that all, what it is? That's exactly what it is. I'll they take aspire it to be like you. That's all it is. All right, all right, so let's get to it. But Thursday, the series continues. Thank you for watching. It's going to be awesome. Um, tonight, you know what's going to be awesome in Queens? Yankees, Mets, subway series i don't want to ask well whose team is better set for a world series run we can focus on that when we get to the playoffs because both these teams are getting there i'm more interested which team has the better storylines from here on out this is a tough one because i i, I want to say the mets uh, but then I, I i start to think they're kind of playing with house money this year like they they ha- yes, yeah, listen, they haven't had Jacob deGrom at all. They've had a ton of injuries, and they've still been there. Like, I think that Steve Cohen said, I want to win the World Series in three to five years. He did say that. But I think that this – I don't know if he was counting on this year particularly for it to come about. I think this year was going to be like the gel year, let's make it, and then we'll figure some things out, get a taste of the postseason all together as a team, then we can run it back. I don't know. Maybe that's just how I feel. I'm sure Mets fans are not feeling that way. They want their team to win the World Series. I think for the Yankees, they have more pressure on them than the Mets do. Like, they, their fan base, their fan base, I mean, first of all, it's been a while for them. We know that, right? 
Um, they have the Astros that they have to get over the hump with. They have to, they have Aaron judge approaching, you know, 60 home runs. Like there, this team is as good as it gets. And they've been that since almost day one, Chris, like everyone's talking Yankees are number one. Yankees are number one. They still haven't. I mean, they've gone, they've played like 500 ball over the last like 30 days. So I guess, is this their cold streak? I've, I've been calling for a cold streak from this team for a while now, just, just how baseball works. But pole to pole looks like they're going to be like, you know, maybe, I mean, the record, I think the Dodgers might have eclipsed them for best record in baseball. Mm. Uh, but like this team has so high expectations that a World Series is, that's it. If it's not that, it's, it's a huge disappointment. And I really don't feel that way about the Mets. Interesting. Uh, they have not yet been eclipsed by the Dodgers. Uh, close, they are a, though. Yeah, they're a full game ahead. They have two more wins. They're even in the loss column. I understand what you're saying, uh, but the reason I'm wearing my, not Mets hat, but my Jacob deGrom hat is because mm. the Mets have done all this without arguably the best pitcher in baseball, best starting pitcher in baseball. When he pitches, which is about half the time. And this year it'll be even significantly less than that. He's supposed to go out on another rehab assignment tomorrow. We'll see where he goes from there. So they didn't bring in Max Scherzer to build for the future. Sorry, dude. They didn't give him the highest AAV so that we can see you somewhere down the road, Mets. I mean, Stephen Cohen, if you ask him today, do you expect to win the World Series? His, his answer will be absolutely yes. Of course he's going to say that. Right. But, and that's what, and, but I don't think he'd be lying to us either. I think some people would be like, well, yeah, we absolutely. Well, at this like, point, I agree with you that they, now they expect to win the World Series, but they've had a battle to get to this position. Like they've had to battle injuries throughout the entire season. Like I said, like I feel like now they're p- kind of playing with house money. That, they, that they've been able so. to keep it afloat for this long. House money, I think, gives the, the feeling to a fan base and an organization that whatever happens from here on out, we're going to be okay with. And I don't think this organization, the players, the manager, the front office, certainly ownership, and definitely the fans will be okay if they go one and done in the playoffs. Dude, the first year you bring all these guys together, like World but Series, it's not or the bust. first year. No, look at look at a, a lot. They brought, of a, lot, they brought yeah. a lot of people in. I don't know. The everyday lineup has been together for a while. It feels like. I mean, yes, okay, I get it. They they sprinkled in Escobar, but when you're adding veterans too, it's not like we're running a new offense, you know, with Josh McDaniels with the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, come on, this is Is, baseball. Yeah. But this, this is not just a, this year and then everyone's gone type of team either. Like they're going to have this team intact. So like, that's kind of what I'm saying. I'm not saying they expected to lose this year, but like to be in the position they're in without Jacob deGrom, if you would ask them there, this at the beginning of the year, they'd be absolutely stoked and probably shocked at the position that they're in. Yes. Which so that's again, kind of where I'm going with. Maybe, maybe house money is not the right way to put it, but I feel like the Yankees have more pressure on them to win a World Series. Which gets us, I guess, back to the original question of the most, more interesting storylines. And I think the thing that puts the Mets slightly ahead of the Yankees in my eyes is that the division is still 100% up for grabs. I cannot sure. say that about the American League East. That's the difference. With the Yankees, you've got the judge, 62 homers, the guy going into the last year of his deal. How's that going to play out? All that, you know, what sort of trades are Brian Cashman, is Brian Cashman going to make over the next week? So there's still a ton of storylines. To me, that's the separator. So say DeGrom comes back and is DeGrom and looks great. Uh, And we are all hoping that. Which team needs to make more moves then? Like, do you think the 
it, at that point, are the Mets mm. more set than the Yankees are? Do you know that? Like, yeah, no, I, I, I think so. I think I, they are. I think the I think Yankees still need to go out and add at the at the deadline, which is a week away, people, and and they need they need to do that in order to continue to be the top dog in the league. Right. Yep. And the I, Mets I would just agree. need their guy to come back. I think that would be a huge trade piece for them. And they could get Trevor May, our our guy from the Rose rotation, who could help. I know that Mets fans are probably going to want to cover their ears on that one, but he is a really solid sure. bullpen piece yeah. when he's people, healthy, which he has not. Stop been. having recency bias, people. People, he can yeah. he can throw the ball. Okay, let's move on. Uh, Dodgers, uh, they lost their eight game winning streak last night at the hands of the Washington Nationals, who still, at least at this time, last time I checked, have Juan Soto. You know, LA has a history recently of making big time splash at the trade deadline. So are they going to do it again this year or just tinker? I think they're just going to tinker. I don't, I don't see them going out. Like they probably are going to put their hand in the pot for Juan Soto, see what they can shake up with that. But I kind of see them tinkering, I guess is a good word. And one guy in particular that I like out there is like a David Robertson or a Bednar, a guy like that come in, solidify the bullpen. These they've been in the postseason for a zillion years in a row. They understand Number one, starting pitching, which they have, and they're getting more guys back. Hopefully, Walker Buehler can come back as well. Um, but they, you understand how important those late innings are, or like having a guy that can come in and put a fire out. And Robertson's been really good. Bednar's been really good. Like I think those are the type of moves that that this team ends up making this year. And like I said, sure, they're going to try for a guy like Juan Soto, and you're going to have to keep all your prospects for that one trade. Well, what about all these other guys? Like you kind of have to be – I told uh, Jake this this morning. You kind of have to be playing a bunch of different hands if you're the GM right now. Like, yep. And it's, it's weird because I don't think that Juan Soto deal is going to get figured out until like the last day. So you have to be making these other side moves. And then if you make one move, you might be out of the race because maybe that's the prospect that, that right. puts you over the top. It's it's a it's an interesting situation. But to answer your question, the Dodgers, I think, are, are going to tinker more than go out and get a big splash. So you talked about the Mets injuries and what they've been dealing with. Let's remember that the Dodgers just lost their third game in the month of July. Chris Taylor is, isn't back until mid-August, maybe. Greater all, early August. Dustin May is starting to get ramped up. We're thinking mm -hmm. maybe mid to late August, Blake Trinan, they're keeping their fingers crossed on that one. Yep. To me, that's outside of Bueller. That's the biggest injury they've got because he is so damn good that yep. he changes. I think what they do at the trade deadline and then Bueller just threw yesterday for the first time since suffering his injury, flat ground played catch. It's the first step. So that is going to be a got, process. He's got a while. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about, if he can join them by mid to late September and get a start or two, and even by then Great. he won't, he won't be Walker Bueller that can go seven innings in the playoffs if they need him to. He just won't be. He won't be ready probably, most likely. Um, so I do think that they're going to have to a get a bullpen piece, but there might be a team where they also pick up a starting pitcher. You mentioned Bednar. Is it possible they go for Bednar slash Jose Quintana just to have a guy that gets them through some innings? and is available in the playoffs to go for it. And he's been really good this year, by the way. It's yes. just, do you want him pitching three or four innings in a playoffs, and then they continue to build their bullpen? And maybe Dustin May at that point can give you three innings. I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, you always want that depth. Guys that can you can stretch out a little bit. You know how it goes in the playoffs. There are times where you have 
a bad start from one of your guys and you don't want to throw the whole bullpen out there because you're playing tomorrow. So you need a guy that can eat innings like this, you know, and I'm looking, you know, in the Dodgers bullpen, that could be a may it could, if he's back, it, you know, maybe a David price could go a couple innings. Uh, but I feel like maybe they would like, a, yeah, like a guy like Quintana. I, I think like a Robertson Ian Hat deal might come over to LA. Like I think that makes no, but sense. I don't, I still don't see that because I just don't know where he would play. They find places for guys. I know, man. but they find them in the regular season. But man, in the playoffs, I just don't know if that makes sense. I think, I think they need more help with their pitching staff with I, the I unknown agree. health factor. All right, let's move on. Uh, Nola and Strider, game two of the Braves and Phillies tonight. Um, Phillies took game one as they came back. Bryce Harper did make a little news yesterday. He was hoping to get the pins removed from his thumb. That didn't happen. They said, "Hey, we'll check out in a, in a week." Um, uh, Dave Dombrowski said, you know what? We are going for it. We are stepping on the accelerator over the next week for the trade deadline. How big a deal do you think the Phillies will make? Knowing Dave Dombrowski, maybe a massive deal. I mean, this is what this guy does there. I think they're a half game back right now from uh, a wild card spot. They need starting pitching. So, you know, are they going to be a dark horse team for We've talked about Castillo and Monta Somali, like so much, like it's kind of crazy. We've talked about every single team wanting them. I think that's uh, a fit for the Phillies, you know, especially mm-hmm. like Eflin just hasn't been back. So I think they could do something like that. Like, like I said, nobody's off limits with Dave Dombrowski. They don't have like the farm system to necessarily to go after like the big, the big guys, but I mean, he's found ways before. It'd be interesting to see, you know, if he has to deal from the major league talent to get major league talent that they absolutely need for their roster. Um, I don't even know if they have that, to be honest with you guys that they could trade. So He's has his work cut out for him, but I wouldn't put anything past Dave knowing his his history and what he does. So Kyle Gibson was pitching really, really well for the Rangers when he came over in that trade. He's not what you would call a frontline starter, but a really good middle of the road starter. That that's where they're going to have to go. That right, and I feel like that could be like a Chad Cool this year, maybe. Um, I did in the, the Rose rotation trade draft show. I had Ramon Laureano coming over there to play center field. They Not, need that. I mean, that, yeah, they've been needing that for – they've been needing that. They've needed that yeah. for quite some time. Yeah, you have to remove your Krespi sweatshirt if you're going to say it that way. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> They're going to want that back. Please return it by High second period grade. English. Um, you know, o- OPS over 700. We know he can play defense. I don't know. That, that's kind of where I – not a seismic shift for them but helping the team. Yeah, I like that. I like that move. I think they need to go off their pitcher. I don't know who the, who it's it's going to be. And what's what's weird about this deadline, Chris, is there's just so many teams in the race still. You know, we I start to you, you send me some questions or I start to think about a guy like where can this guy go and there's just so many teams where they fit and there's so many teams still in the race. I mean, like it everybody it seems like that can be in contention is in contention for these players. Very hard to pick and choose. It's I guess it all comes down to whoever has the players. How do they feel about the farm system? Cause all these rankings don't mean shit. You know, like right. when you see these rankings, like, right. you know, if there's, that's a good guideline, but different teams value different players. Absolutely. Differently. Well, you know, but there's also teams that could be a flip-flop, right? They could be both in and out of the trade deadline, meaning buyers or sellers. Yeah. I think my team, I think the Cleveland Guardians are one of those teams. I think the Red Sox, I think the Orioles, I think the Giants are having discussions, and I think the Marlins. 
I think everybody else that's kind of below them, meaning the Rangers, we know teams like the A's, Tigers, Royals, Angels, Pirates, Diamondbacks, Cubs, Reds, Nationals, those are all, and Rockies, all definitive sellers. I think the rest of those, that little group I just mentioned, are having discussions every day. They're looking at the standings. They're looking at their team. They're looking at their health, and they're saying, what are we? Yeah. What are it's, we? So I, I still think that it, I think it's going to be a fascinating next week. It's going to be crazy. And I keep mentioning this, but people need to remember, it's going to be even more wild because there's no waiver period. This yes. is the deadline, and that is it that this is it. year. That is it. That, that makes you it. feel the pressure. All these GMs are in a little vice, like, can I get the job done? Can I get the job done? And somebody, this is my favorite part of trade season is somebody just gets left like with all their prospects. They were willing to ship these guys out. There's a ton of rumors. And then like, we couldn't make a deal. Well, last year, the Padres thought they had Max Scherzer and all of a sudden, Oh my God. You know, like 90 minutes later, he's heading up the five freeway to Dodger stadium. And they're like, that was wild. uh, What? All right, so I was, wait, I, what, what, real yeah. quick, I was talking to Jake about this. Like, do you think there's going to be some back channeling with the Juan Soto stuff? Like, like I said, you have to hold on to your prospects if you want to go after this guy. Do you think like a team could go in and just kind of offer a lot, like more than they were actually willing to give up and say, hey, like, let us know if you like this. Keep the Nationals engaged with them and at the last second pull the rug out so maybe – they don't do negotiations with a different team. Like th- there's a lot of stuff going on here, man. I'm like, so curious. I think there's a ton of interesting material. No question. All right, let's move on to the emotional side of things. There's two stories I'm following with the trade deadline. Trey Mancini of the Baltimore Orioles drafted, developed, fought cancer and has come back, starred in the home run derby a year ago, all sorts of stuff, undisputed team leader is on the block. And he told Mark Viviano, who's a sportscaster in the DC Baltimore area. I am looking at these four games this week against Tampa as basically my last chance to play in Baltimore as an Oriole. I'm taking everything in. And then Wilson Contreras last night, who has been on the block for quite some time, came out and said this about the possibility of a trade. Knowing everything that's, that, that is happening around and, and I knew it would get to me at some point, and I wish this this day this day um, never came. But it's about business. I understand that. I respect that. And uh, I love my team. I love this my teammates most, and I don't want to get like too attached with them because you never know what's going to happen next week or this week even in San Francisco. But it's been a tough. When you hear that, what do you think? I get it, man. I've been around a lot of trade deadlines, and I've said this before on the show. You spend more time with your teammates during the season than you do with your family. They do become an extension of your family. And you could think that, oh, don't like it's it's watching him get emotional. I understand it completely. I don't want anyone to think like that's fake or he's being a baby. Like that's just part of it, man. Like this is this is legit your family and the unknown I think is what gets guys like Wilson Contreras has no control over where he's going. So like uh, the uncertainty factors there and then having to go into a whole nother room of guys and try to build relationships and try to, you know, be impactful in a postseason race. Like he, those things are 
fun things and he's happy about them, but they're all, they're also emotionally taxing. Like that weighs heavy on somebody. And I've seen it with guys before and you know, his teammates are looking at him. Obviously they're sad for him, but there's been a lot of times where I wanted to see you guys get traded because mm-hmm. I want to see you go and perform instead of, you know, wasting away on a team that's not going anywhere this season. I want to see you be a guy in the postseason. I want to see you be a guy in se- at the end of September. So it's there's just a ton of different emotions. You're happy for a guy. You're sad he's going to leave. And for Wilson, I imagine it's more of the same. Like definitely he's invested in this franchise with his teammates. He loves these guys. Uh, but there's this awesome opportunity to go out and play for another contender. This is why you play baseball. So it's, I don't think he's sad. I know it came off uh, in that video, in that clip that he's sad, but I also just feel like it's just a lot of different emotions all balled up and balled up into one. I thought it was great that he showed that vulnerability. And I know that there's going to be certain baseball fans who are going to say this. Listen, that guy makes a great living. If somebody paid me X amount of dollars to play a, kids sport i'd fucking go wherever you tell me to go play and that's fine you can have that i think it's i think it's really jaded and i think it's unfair because first of all nobody would pay you x amount of dollars to play baseball for a living or you would be doing it just like i would be doing it um so there is that vulnerable side with the whole thing and uh he is also basically the last guy standing on the north side of chicago if you think about it it's him it's Hayward, who they would have gotten rid of a long time ago if it wasn't for that contract, and Kyle Hendricks. Everybody else, Rizzo, Baez, Schwarber, Bryant, all the guys who helped create history on the north side are gone. So this, when they make this final trade, it's almost like closing the chapter of the Cubs run that they had under Joe Madden for that short time. And I think it's sad for him. I think he's seen it happen to everybody else, and he's gonna be, and he sat around and wondered, when's it gonna be me? And he knows that the sand is falling through the hourglass right now. It is. You know what's cool though? You mentioned all those guys. Like I just I think about them getting together in twenty thirty-six or whatever and celebrating their reunion all together, coming back to Chicago. Like that that, that group is gonna be linked together forever. Mm-hmm. They're going to be, they're going to have a fun post baseball career in Chicago, going back and doing a lot of awesome stuff because they're, they're legends in that city. Mm-hmm. They're they all gone. And one other note for Wilson Contreras. I mean, there's not a lot of hitting catchers and he's going to be free agent. He'll be paid handsomely, but if he performs on a contender and then into the playoffs, mm. he has a chance to really help his wallet too. He's going to go to a really fun team, too. I mean, I, I, Cardinals, Astros, Mets. Yeah, these are really fun teams, dude. Yeah. With a really good shot. Yep. Okay, last thing. It's an anniversary today in baseball, a big one. Do you have any idea what it is? Did you? I don't. Okay. Do you have any idea what happened four years ago today? Uh, 2018? Yeah. July 26, 2018. I don't. Would it surprise you? Are you setting me up for something? That it was your last game as a big leaguer. Oh, wow. Fuck. Where was it? Do you have any idea what happened? Yeah, here it is. Cincinnati struck out. Yeah, against Kyle Crockett. 
I should have taken this dude so far up top. This is when I knew I was just like, I was out, dude. If I struck out, no offense to this guy, but I mean, this is my bread and butter. This is how I make my money hitting guys like this. And he struck me out on a pitch. And I was like, I can't believe that just happened. Yeah. I remember uh, this, man. For those of you that are audio only, we are watching. Oh, check swing. What was that? Check swing on 80. Dude, I I was up there like, I'm going to hit this guy in the second deck right now. And I just waved through one. I was like, oh, shit. We ended up flying to Boston after that, and I got designated in Boston for Aaron Loop. How did that uh, conversation go, by the way? How did those happen? Well, I had a good buddy. So Sam Fold was you know, kind of like the oh. – he's the GM there now, but he was a liaison at the time between the front office and the players. So um, first trade came down, and I was like, shit. And I was like – I was in the gym, and he was in there. I said, Sam, like, am I, is that me? Am I out of here? He goes, no. He goes, you're, you're not the first one. He goes, if there's more, you know, said, okay. Another one came, wasn't that. And then Aaron Loop came and they called me in. And Kapler was my manager. So he let me off. You know, he was great about it. But I walked home from Fenway. I walked back. I was like, you know what? I don't even want a fucking car. I was like, just send my stuff to the hotel. I walked back from Fenway. I just walked out. Like, I don't know. It's probably like 5.30 or 6 o'clock before the game when they told me that. So I just got all my shit. And walked back to the hotel. I think I stopped and had a beer at some random bar. <laughs> Just like let it all soak in a little bit, man. It was kind of it was kind of sad. I didn't mean to bring it up for a sad tone. <laughs> I just I'm happy you, now, bro. Look at me. You're in great. Yeah, you're in a great place. But I, yeah, I was just curious. You want to see That's your last funny. hit? You want to see your last hit? I know That's that one. There we go. That's hilarious. Center field. Bellinger going back. He'll just watch. It is gone. Trevor Plouffe has walked it off here in the bottom of the 16th inning. That was a crazy game. Home run and the Phillies win it 7-4 as he homers against Kike Hernandez. My goodness. Is it possible you're the only guy in big league history whose last hit came against a position player? Probably, Chris, my whole career has just been like when you look at stuff like that, it's just funny. It's no no wonder I'm where I'm at now. Like the two homers up position players, all that stuff. That was a great game. That was like a 16, 17 inning game. There were guys drinking rally beers and then being like, oh shit, I have to go pitch and doing really well. Like it was fun, man. Like that was, and then after the game, Middleton, the owner came down. I think he took a shirt off after the game. We were like partying in the clubhouse. It was wild, dude. That was a fun team right there. That's really good. He's kind of jacked by the way. Really? Yes. Hmm. Like for an owner, this guy had apps. I've got, I have one. You have one big app, one big app round. Uh, What do you have coming up on John boy? Dude, I don't know. I got like floorballs coming out. Wake and Jake, I just recorded. I'm going to record Talking Baseball after this, our midweek episode. We're kind of changing that around. We're going to do a bunch of just headline topics. We found people just like to hear us talk about what's going on in the sport. So we're going to do that today. Um, so all sorts of stuff. What do you have, my friend? Stephen Brault, that episode has come out on the Chris Rose rotation. A lot of fun. Always enjoyable. Easy listening, as we like to yes. say in this biz. Uh, Lucas Giolito, we taped one with him yesterday. It has been a struggle bunny for him all year. It has. It, it was interesting. We didn't talk about baseball till 35 minutes into the podcast yesterday. 
And those, I think, are the best ones. He and his wife got a new place in San Diego. They got a new, an amazing new impulse buy toy that he tells us about. Oh, yes. okay. I, as I told him, I said, that's some rich people shit right there. And then I saw a picture and I was like, mm-hmm. yep. Now I got it. And I'm going to have to text him and say, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's all good. He was great yesterday. He was in a good mood. Really fun. Not that he's ever in a bad mood, but I was just saying that for a guy who's been struggling, he was good. He was, seemed like he was in a good place. At this point of the season, I'm sure he was happy to not talk about baseball. Like just, yes. you know, yeah, no, but nice to get the, away from it. That's what the podcast is about. It's about trying to yep. get to know these guys away from the diamond as well. Uh, shout out to our producer extraordinaire, the one and only Dan Rourke and our summer intern, Alden Stone, who does a bang up job as well. That is Trevor Plouffe. I'm Chris Rose. We will see you Wednesday on Baseball Today.